Welcome everyone to our NCAA Social Series. I'm Andy Katz. I'm pleased to be joined by Donna Ledwood. She is the commissioner of the Allegheny Mountain Collegiate Conference. And Daniel O'Leary, she is the assistant athletic director at William Peace University in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now in Division Three, uh, this conference, the AMCC, has been at the forefront of LGBTQ issues in the one team program. All member institutions of the AMCC are on board. We're gonna dive deeper into what the one team program is, how other conferences can adopt it. But before we do that, uh, we wanna to get to the basis of why there was a need and where that came from. And let's start Donna with you. Uh, at what point did you decide that this was a critical issue to get behind? Thanks, Andy. Um, I, I think a real catalyst for me was when, um, I, look, I've been in college athletics for 30 years um, as an athletic director and then conference commissioner. Um, I've had many friends, colleagues in the LGBTQ community, but it really wasn't until my son came out as transgender that it really, really took a personal turn for me. And um, I, I was forced to rethink uh, a lot of the way I approach the world, approach my job, um, and, and it inspired me, he inspired me uh, to do more in this area. So I started um, having conversations and the, really the first conversations were about what it means to be transgender because 12 years ago when he came out, there was not a lot of knowledge about this. Folks were just starting to understand, it just became more of a topic of this discussion. You know, I think Caitlyn Jenner was a big catalyst in this uh, coming out. And so, uh, but, but a big person for me was one night watching, I think it was, it was 60 Minutes and they did an interview with Skylar Baylor uh, who is a transgender swimmer at Harvard. And um, I was really captivated by, by the interview. And I thought this is something we all need to hear about what Harvard did to welcome Skylar and into, into that space uh, as a transgender athlete. Um, so I decided that um, at one of our conference meetings, I would put together a little program about this. I showed the uh, interview with, with Skylar. Um, and then I invited Pat Miller, who um, I'm not sure if she's still at Harvard or if she's retired, um, who was the senior associate athletic director at, at Harvard to join us on, she came in on speakerphone at that time and talk more, like how did this happen? And, and talk to us about what the department did. I thought it was very important to have a first person account of this. Um, and we had, it started the conversation. Um, following up to that, um, I had a SAC meeting, Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Um, and we, we began talking also about um, it, it probably wasn't just LGBTQ issues, but it, it may have been bias in general. But what really struck me in that meeting with our student athletes was a very honest conversation with some men's soccer players who just threw out there that, you know, the F word is the go-to slur on the soccer field. And I was completely horrified. Pollyanna was really horrified here. And, and, um, I thought, you know, we really have to take this further. That just did not sit well with me at all, that 
that our student athletes could think that's okay. Um, and probably around that time is when um, we had a survey in Division Three um, on diversity issues. And one of the big things that came out of that survey um, was the desire for folks to uh, a, to be able to do more, to have more education on supporting the LGBT community. We have a lot of allies in Division Three, but a lot of them just don't know where to start or, or how to be better. We also heard from our, our uh, members of our LGBT community, students, staff, coaches, uh, who said, you know what, we need to be supported better. So the Division Three Working Group on LGBTQ issues um, took that and from there, the one team program was born and it never, I never hesitated to think that the AMCC would be involved with one team. All right, so pause right there because we're gonna dive deeper into what it is and how effective it can be. Danielle, I wanna bring you in as a former head coach, student athlete, now administrator. Um, where and when did you see the need for an advocacy group like this? Right, so as a student athlete, my biggest support group was my coaches and my administrators. As I transitioned into coaching, um, I saw that not everybody has that same support group. Um, I transitioned here to Mount Aloysius um, and you know the one team banners and the swag and everything came out and was shipped and nobody knew what to do with it. Um, and I'll say at the time, we probably didn't have the best reaction to what one team is. So when the opportunity came to apply to be a facilitator, I jumped right at it because I knew that on our campus at that time, we didn't have a support group for our student athletes, for our students in general. Um, and I thought we can't be the only institution that's in this same boat. Um, so how can we change that? Um, and it really has snowballed since then of um, having other institutions and other departments really jump on and want us to come and do the training. So I think it's very clear that it was needed, um, especially in Division Three right now. All right, so let's peel it back. What is it? So one team uh, is a program. It's a Division Three program. I say that extremely proudly. We're the only division that is doing something like this. Not that we don't want Divisions One and Two to join us. We would love it if it were association-wide. But it is a, a brainchild of Division Three um, and the, the uh, LGBTQ working group. And um, it's a program designed to promote inclusion and respect for our student athletes, coaches, and administrators in the LGBTQ community uh, to be part of the, you know, a, a really vibrant, acknowledged part of the athletic department and probably campus community by, by extension, but, you know, to, to make sure that, that they are respected and acknowledged and in included and welcomed. Um, you know, the, the importance of this, I, I don't think is, is rocket science. You know, if you are um, afraid to hide who you are, um, if you're afraid of, of being fired, um, if you're afraid of being ridiculed or bullied or really physically um, hurt, uh, how can you possibly do your best job, um, whether it's as a student athlete in the classroom or, or on the field or as a coach, uh, you can't. So that welcoming, inclusive, respectful environment is critical because we want every person in our athletic departments to be the best they can be. And, and that's 
that's the crux of one team. So Danielle, you know, one thing that I think uh, is critical here, uh, not just with this program, but in our college campuses, greater society, down to the high school and, and below, um, that should be taken seriously. Uh, and, and I know it sounds simplistic, but uh, when someone says, you know, what are your pronouns? How do you want to be addressed? Um, it's not a joke. And, you know, clearly we need to cross that barrier to where coaches, administrators, peers respect what you want to be called at a base level. So how do you translate that to the student athlete, to the coach uh, who may be coming from, you know, a different environment that that was never addressed? Um, how do you start there? Well, and that's really one of the main goals of the one team program is to spark that conversation. Um, and we see a lot of times it happens with some of our older coaches that are uncomfortable having these conversations. Um, and it comes back simply to respect. Um, you know, as a coach, how do you want to be referred to? Do you want people to call you Coach Katz? Do you want people to call you Andy? Um, and that's your first day as a coach and an administrator usually is hey, this is what I want you to call me. This is how I want to be addressed. Um, we also say that our student athletes are really at the forefront of a lot of this, a lot of these issues. So it's almost like if you want to continue in this career, you have to be at the forefront too as a coach and an administrator and using proper pronouns and being respectful, that's, that's going to hold your job sometimes. So just getting on board with that um, and getting used to using them. I mean, the easiest thing we say is, Put it in your email signature. It shows that you're an ally and that you understand where people are coming from. Um, and sometimes even sparks the conversation with other people of why your pronouns are in your email address or your signature. And I think that, you know, a lot of us, even though, especially in the media, you know, if someone wants to use the pronoun they, um, you know, that person deserves that respect. And if that person is referred to as he or she instead of they, then you're not respecting that person if you're talking about that person when they're not present. Uh, and, you know, we obviously have to get to a point where if an athlete at a news conference, you know, a coach is talking about this particular player and references they versus he or she, uh, you know, that, that could be another step when we get to that point. Um, you know, in terms of the education of that, Donna, where are we? Um, well, I, I think we're getting better. I mean, the, the more um, institutions, departments uh, that, that engage in one team, the more we, we spread that word. I think we have to do work with our sports information directors. Um, but I, I think we are getting there. And, and really, truly, we appreciate your inviting us into this because it's just one more outlet uh, for us to talk to folks about about this this topic and and it just helps make us better the more we we talk about it um it's easy for us to forget us me um straight cisgender uh woman to forget that not everyone is straight and cisgender and we we speak to the world that way and i think if if we um you know the more we have these conversations like we're having right now the more one team programs we do the more we're raising awareness that there's a lot of different people in the world and everyone 
um, deserves the respect that, that they're asking for. And, and we need to give it to them. Again, it just comes down to being, you know, allowing people to be the best they can be. So the whole team, the whole department, the whole institution can be the best it can be. You know, Donna, you just sparked something when you said this about uh, sports information directors, who I think obviously do unbelievable work. And, you know, it's a thankless job. But I can't remember the time uh, that I've ever seen. So if someone's out there, you can certainly correct me um, where I've seen pronouns in a bio profile uh, in a media guide uh, and, um, you know, or in a news release. Uh, and, and that could be a critical aspect, not just in D3, not just in the AMCC, but really for COSIDA to really address that when you are putting together your media guide, uh, I don't care what division, I don't care what sport, that at the bottom of every person, you list how they want to be addressed uh, as an individual. And that could be a remarkable first step in the greater space in helping play-by-play, analysts, broadcasters, you know, I'm just, to take it from this step to make it more mainstream. Uh, you are administrator, Danielle. I mean, where, where do we go in terms of trying to take that step of getting it on the media side uh, to get it out in the public space? Well, I think you bring up a good point. Like there's so many layers to this. And even if you think that, oh, we're doing the best, we're the best in division three, you know, the AMCC has, everybody's gone through one team training. There's still work to do. Um, there's always still work to do. There's something extra you, you can do. And, um, you know, with the AMCC, we changed our um, opening address to say family, family and uh, friends and fans um, rather than ladies and gentlemen. So um, it's just, being able to really explore your own policies and um, dive into what you're currently doing and what you possibly can be doing. Um, and that's a plug for one team. If you think you're doing the best, have a one team session and we'll talk about what else you could possibly be doing and what other avenues you could explore to be more inclusive, but you have to be willing to take the first step. And I'll tell you, Donna, I mean, social media, Twitter, it's not the real world. It's a small percentage of people in the United States and beyond who are on it, yet sometimes we're directed by it. Um, and, and I think that one thing that uh, I know you know this, but I think we can never assume that someone wants to be addressed the way we assume that they would uh, by, you know, just natural assumptions. So how did you take all that we're discussing here, and then some, um, and apply it to a training uh, to your member institutions and package that into something that can be taken from conference to conference into division three and hopefully beyond. Well, and I will say again, we didn't package this. We were given a terrific program template uh, that was put together um, through the efforts of, our, of Louise McCleary and, and uh, our Division Three staff, uh, Nevin Capel and Pat Griffin, who are pioneers in this area of LGBTQ inclusion, uh, put together this um, LGBTQ X's and O's program. And, and Danielle and I simply take that and we kind of bring it alive on, onto campuses. And, and we talk about um, um, why it's so important to self-educate 
Um, we provide information about how you do that. I will tell you right now, the NCA inclusion form is fantastic. It's been done year in, year out for a number of years now. Amy Wilson, director of inclusion and her team do an incredible job. I learned tons of new stuff every year and it's free, it's virtual the past couple of years and everyone should, if you don't do one team, do the inclusion form. You will learn so much and it's obviously wide ranging beyond the LGBTQ space. Um, but we try to give, you know, we try to number one, encourage folks to, to self-educate. So um, as well as, you know, on legal issues in your state, um, you know, where are the, um, what, what are the laws in your state? Because do they apply to, to uh, protections on employment, housing, um, education? Um, we want you to self-educate with the inclusion form. Um, but then we also want you to show it. That's what we encourage you to do too. It's one thing to know it, it's another thing to show it. So um, I have on my, on my lapel, it's the one team um, pin. Um, we give that, we've given that out to everybody. We also had an AMCC logo in the rainbow uh, colors that we've given out to folks. You know, just those little signs. I will wear at every single championship and event in my conference that I go to, I wear this. I want to show people without having to say the words that I'm an ally. This, this speaks volumes. Stickers that are on your laptop or on your door. Um, you know, there are things we, we help folks learn about to not just educate themselves, but, but show others that, that they care and they're supportive. And, and, and the community really needs that. So Donna, you know, it, the one thing that you mentioned, and I'm curious, Danielle, if, if you've seen this um, on campuses you've worked or teams that you've played on, uh, you know, you always hear when the, the group is put together, at the beginning of a season, you know, the guidelines, the rules, uh, everything that we expect, the expectations, the goals. At what point when that team is gathered together, you know, in preseason, uh, whatever time of the year that may be, is it addressed of how everyone should be uh, addressed in terms of how they want to be addressed, whether this is a men's team, a women's team, you name it. Um, when are those guidelines, if you will, you know, because you mentioned the men's soccer, uh, Donna, uh, what was their go-to slur? Uh, when is that addressed by the coach, by maybe the administrator of the sport? Uh, when does that, when is that discussed? I think, I mean, the beginning of the year, the beginning of the season, when you do those preseason meetings, that is the best time. Um, you know, in the conference, we created our own anti-bias and um, anti-harassment policy. And it's definitely something that every institution in our conference can fall back on. Um, but then you, you need to adapt it for each team as well. Um, and it has to be a conversation that coaches and administrators are having with their teams and their student athletes. Um, I think as we're kind of coming out of a pandemic, hopefully a little bit, and we're able to gather in larger groups. It's a good time for administrators to pull all your student athletes together and say, this is our policy, we're gonna stick to it. And we're gonna have, you know, zero tolerance for anything, any sort of um, language that's not inclusive. And these are gonna be the repercussions for it. And then stick to it too. We say, you know, in the trainings, your policy is your backbone. Stick to those policies as much as possible. 
Um, those preseason meetings are also a really good time for somebody to raise their hand and say, this is how I'd want to be referred to. Um, and these are my preferred pronouns. Um, and it, it does spark that conversation of what does that look like on our team? Um, and then might even open the door for somebody to say, okay, we really do need a one team training because um, this is what's in front of us. And from experience, that's kind of how a lot of this has come about is people have reached out and said, you know, we might have a transgender student athlete on our campus next year. We really need a training to go through what's our policy look like? How do we help this student athlete as much as possible? So I would like to, to add on that, you know, coming back to my comment that, you know, we look through the world and in our own eyes and, you know, most of the world, if I'm transferring, um, you know, who I am to the rest of the world and doing the rest of the world a disservice. Um, you know, to this day still, everyday slurs against the LGBTQ community are still okay. You know, um, to, you know that's so gay is a disparaging comment. Um, you know, the casual use of the F word. Um, she looks, she plays like a man. She looks like a man. You know, these are all um, very disparaging comments that need to be called out. And I think that's one team, one team gets into case studies. We don't just throw out, we do provide strategies. We do provide a framework for approaching, but then we get into case studies. And that I think Danielle would agree is, is where we have our real conversations and really see our folks getting what we're sharing. And, and I think invariably we find that they do, but it's important to put it in that real world context um, and, and, and to be, if nothing else, encouraging folks to call this out. Don't accept it as, as, as okay, because someone is being hurt. You don't know if it's that person or someone they're very close to, but, but you, are, um, you are being hurtful. And in the end, that is not allowing them to be their best self. And, and we, we've got to do better in this area. Well, and, and, and here's the thing, uh, Danielle, uh, and, I, and maybe this isn't fair by me, but I don't think we can expect coaches, I don't care how old they are, uh, to do this on their own um, and think that uh, it's going to be either A, appropriate or handled correctly. Um, so how critical is it? And I'm curious if this happens uh, in the AMCC or other, if you know of any other Division three conferences, uh, is it incumbent upon an administrator or a mental health professional or someone, a counselor, someone uh, to be there in that team meeting uh, to ensure that it's handled correctly? I think the administrator plays a huge role in all of this. You know, Donna referenced the case studies. The answer in almost every case study is you have to include your administrator in the conversation um, and use your resources on campus. Whether you have them or on your campus or they're in your community, use the resources that are available to you, um, include the clubs on your campus, right? Include your um, counselors on campus, just so everybody's on the same page with the message that you're trying to send to your team. Donna, what do you tell your uh, member institutions? Um, I tell them that, that allies must be helpers. We can't, you know, I think a lot of folks, and I don't care uh, if it's in the, the LGBTQ community, the black community, um, the uh, name your name your marginalized community. Um, we allies need help, 
but they have to be the helpers. They can't rely on those folks to do all the teaching, to all to do all the speaking up, because they're the ones, you know, the marginalized folks are the ones who are taking this and, and to then have to turn around and teach it. You know, that's asking an awful lot. So I tell my folks, they have to step up. You know, they have to thank a student who walks into their office and says, I, I'm having this issue, I'm gay and blah, 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 right? I've been rejected by my family because they told them. And, you know, we tell them the first thing, you say, thank you for coming to me. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean and what you need? And, and just encouraging folks to, to have that door open, send that message that you can talk to me and I might not have the answer, but I can help you find it. I'll do my very best to help you find it. That's what I think I want our folks at the end of the day to be doing. Um, one team, in my opinion, if you've gone through one team, you know, it's the Maya Angelou quote. We do the best we can until we know better. But once we know better, we have to do better. And that's, that's at the end of the day, at the end of every one team program that Danielle and I have done, that's the message I want to leave people with. You know, Danielle, uh, I, I'm a huge proponent of, um, you know, that you've got to be, you can always be demanding as a coach, but never, ever demeaning. And it's not woke and all this other ridiculous catchwords. It's being respectful. It's being kind. Um, and respect to me is the key word. Just like a coach, you, you, you know, you brought up, you know, how do you want to be addressed? And the coach is, oh, you're not being respectful because you're not calling me coach. Well, wait a minute. You're not being respectful to me as a human being. So, you know, there are key trigger words that I think are critical in a positive way. Um, and I'm curious, just in that word, respect, how often has that come up um, where someone does not feel respected as, you know, who they are as a member of this team, this university, you know, this world that they should be treated respectfully? That's tough because I, I think most people that get into coaching, especially at the division three level where we wear so many hats, you're doing it because you want to help your student athletes, especially even administrators. We do it because we're here for our student athletes and we want to give them a better opportunity. Um, so I do think we're here, you know, we want to respect everybody on the team. Um, a message that we always send is you don't 100% know if everybody on your team is cisgendered straight and you know is in a heterosexual relationship so you can't assume um so part of that respect is using inclusive language for everybody that's involved um but i, I do think you know back to the initial survey is people do want to they want to be better and they want to be allies they just don't know how to go about it which is really what the one team program does is this is how you go about it. Know your state policies, know your campus policies, and let's figure out what action plans you can take back to your campus and start implementing with your coaches, administrators, and student athletes. Um, Don, before we get out of here, I just want to make sure people understand it's not this, you know, 
elephant in the room here of, oh my God, we got to take on the one team program. If we can just base it down. So if you say, okay, I want to do the one team program in conference, you know, why? Uh, what do I have to do? You, you send me an email or, or you send Danielle an email or you pick up the phone and you call me or you call. And it, trust me, Danielle and I are not the only ones doing this program. We're very passionate about it. We've done many of them and we will continue to do many. Um, we happen to be pretty good at it, um, I will say. And, um, but there are many trained facilitators in division three. So if you want someone on your campus, um, you know, look, we're, we're in a certain ge geography of the country, unless you wanna fly us out um, to, to, to your institution, if you're out of driving distance, there's, there are, I'm not sure what the number is, but I'm gonna guess there's at least 50 trained facilitators, maybe more because we've had two classes of training in this already. So there's others elsewhere who can certainly do this all around the country. They're just waiting for that call. And that information's on the NCA website. If you go to the division three homepage and there's inclusion resources, you will find information about one team. Reach out to, to Louise McCleary. She'll put you in the right direction too. But Danielle and I are always here to serve. And how long does the training program take? Uh, less than two hours. Wow, okay, condensed. Yeah. We, we go at it, We're, we are intense, um, and, and uh, it's a very well-designed program. And, and I, I, I think um, anyone can benefit, um, whether you're, you, you have had no, feel like you've had no real experience um, with members of the LGBT community, or they're, they're very much part of your life. Everyone's gonna take something from this program. Uh, Danielle, I wanna give you the final word. What message do you want to make sure gets uh, gets out there? Well, I think the timing of this is perfect because happy Pride Month. Um, so it's a great time. We're going into summer. Good time to schedule your you know, professional development. Um, Donna and I have time over the summer. So this is a great time to, to get your one team training in, uh, especially during June Pride Month. Uh, Daniel O'Leary, uh, Donna Ledwin, I appreciate your time on a an important critical issue that hopefully will continue uh, across all divisions, not just division three, but of course, division three and your conference, the AMCC, certainly at the forefront of this issue. As always, you can go and, and, and Donna mentioned all this information is on NCAA.org, but for our social series, you can go to NCAA.org slash social series, where all our social series are archived. Thanks for watching everyone.